Dr. Patel, what's going on, bruv? Darren, here we go. I heard, uh, well, we met, was it two summers ago? It was two summers ago, I think. Oh, when we met? Yeah, when we did the podcast, Yumi and Smith. One summer ago. Was that last last year? Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm getting shit confused, man. Well, you called me and said, Smith's podcast was awful. He didn't let me speak. You seem like a much nicer guy than we do podcasts. <laughs> and that's how I find myself here in this uh, intimate space. Intimate space. How you been? I've been good. Uh, since last time I saw you, uh, lots has happened. Um, of course, I'm still at the clinic seeing patients day to day. Yeah. But a lot of talk about turkey teeth, a lot of talk about all the subjects we mentioned. And I guess we'll come to it, but I've had a lot of conversations with people, dentists, about that subject because people watch that podcast. Really? Yeah, it's been interesting. So why are you trying to take my cousin's businesses, bro? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get, get to, to that. that. We'll, we'll, get to we'll, that. We'll, we'll get to that. I think you'll like my answer. We'll get to it. You'll like I, my I answer. Think, yeah. I think I will as well because I think you're a decent guy, bro, and I think you're, you want to help people and you want to give, like, the right answers to people because I know you work with integrity and I know you love what you do. So, and you've been... Lately, you've been smashing it on socials, right? I've seen you posting more stuff and educating people on, um, is it oral health? Is that what is that what you is that what you'd call it? As in, because I wouldn't call you, I wouldn't say you're a dentist. Hmm. You're a cosmetic dentist, dentist correct? Okay, I'd say so. Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to get that wrong. Oral health, dental health. I guess oral health is a technical term. Yeah, dental health or dental mouth health. health. You know, there's. I try and put out. Infam- answers to questions people are not able to get because their dental appointment is too short. Okay. Or questions that I get asked all the time outside of the clinic. Someone okay. just kind of takes you to the side when you're in a you know social setting and says, I just have one question I need to ask you. Yeah. I try and put that all out so people can just get to it. And uh, Yeah, because there must know. be so many probably very basic questions to you and basic answers. I wouldn't call them basic, actually. Um, even to the point where dentists debate the the correct answers, but they're questions which are really valid and things you wouldn't think about. You know, even when it comes to down to what to do first, you floss first, or you brush first. Is there is there a difference? Is it worth even thinking about? And think it's a it's a good question. That is actually a good question. Yeah, you brush before or after breakfast, <laughs> right? All these things yeah. you don't think about it in the day, but I get, I get asked them all the time. Yeah. What what's the market rate for a tooth fairy if your child loses a tooth? <laughs> yeah. How much should I be putting under the pillow? I get asked that. What? Parents, yeah. Really? Um, they want to know what other parents are doing so they can match that accordingly. So they ask me. Do you feel like, because you're a doctor, yeah, do you just feel, I'm not going to say, you, I know you don't feel better than people, but do people talk to you different? They, do they talk to you different? I would like to think no, because... I try not to come across uh, like someone who's in a separate space to a, a layperson. Yeah, uh, I try and be as as normal, whatever we define that as. Yeah, um, because you think of a doctor, a dentist, or a vet in a certain category, a certain archetype of person. Yeah, I'm not trying to get away from that, but I think I try and show the kind of humanity and the the fact that we're all we were all non-dental once upon a time. Mm. And that character and personality is exactly the same now. I'm a dentist. Yeah. So I behave the same to people as I would, but I just have a different set of skills and knowledge now. Yeah, okay. To answer your question, are people 
speaking to me in a different way? I guess I can't truthfully answer because they're already speaking to me. I don't yeah, know if they would speak differently. Uh, social settings, I don't think so. I think about the same. The only difference I would say is they might ask a dental question at some point in the night. Okay, feel <laughs> you. What would you define as normal? Mm, I know what you're going to ask that. <laughs> uh, society will dictate what normal is based on how times are changing. Okay. Right? Normal now is a bit different to normal 20 years ago. And for example, what is considered politically correct, what's considered polite or offensive now mm. is different. Yeah. Back in the day. A relevance to dentistry and medicine, not a huge amount, unless you get into kind of transgender type conversations. Mm. But things change. And, that, and you know, normal now is, 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 is going to be normal, different in 10 years, right? 10 years. So we're, we're, we're kind of, we're shooting for a moving target. Yeah. Maybe even a day, depends who you talk to. Yeah. Right? I mean, things and people are changing on a daily basis, especially now. Things are moving so fast. How old are you again? How old are you? How do I look? Oh, we've done this. But Have we done this? It's been two summers, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, f I, f I remember you like my age, like 31, 32. Yeah. You're 31, right? Yeah. Yes, I remember. Oh, we're the same age. We're the same age, 992. Yeah. There we go. Right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good genetics, bruv. You've got good genetics. You're like the most handsome dentist I've ever seen, bruv. Oh, thanks. Do you That's get kind. that a lot? Um, you must get a lot of patience hitting on you, man. Uh, well, <laughs> I um, try to um, keep it professional as much as one can. Um, yeah. <laughs> so occasionally, but okay. I think I'm there to help their dental health as a priority. So it's kind of, it's, 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 it's not going to be in my mind at that point. So. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Question for you. Um, can you tell a lot about someone when you look in them, when you look at, not in their mouth, but when you look at their mouth, because mm. I don't know about you. Yeah. But sometimes I look at people and the way their mouth moves and their teeth, I can, <laughs> I'm like, what can you tell about them? Honestly, Better question. Yeah. I don't, I don't trust people that have like, I can normally, it's really hard to explain. Okay, I'm going to try to explain this the yeah. best way possible. Sometimes the way people's mouths move, right? Let's put the fact that they don't look after their teeth, right? Can usually tell me that they're individuals that don't potentially look after themselves. All right? That's the first thing that I would say. The second thing that I would say is that sometimes the way people move their mouths, it just dictates if I trust them or not. And I, I can't even, I don't even know how to put a word on it. When you look at someone's face, their energy and the way they move, their body language, I think it's quite obvious what sort of person they're if you pay attention, whether it's someone that is anxious, whether it's someone that is looking for an opportunity or to be sneaky to, I don't know. It's really hard to explain. And I've got in trouble about this as well. You're talking about body language on a micro level on their On, on a their micro face. level on yeah. their face. I think you're probably onto something. It's hard to articulate it into words what yeah. you're referring to when it comes to like mouth movements, but you're talking about facial expression, right? Yeah. You're, you're taking uh, extrapolations from what you see on their face into their personality. Yes. And kind of circling back to teeth, everything you said about how someone look off, looks after their teeth might reflect on their overall body is true. And not from a necessarily an opinion point of view they've actually done studies on what we perceive as humans on teeth when we when we see someone's teeth and smile and they noticed that people with a straight set of teeth we would associate that with a more orderly organized person 
a more intelligent person, a higher IQ, doesn't come into our mind actively, but subconsciously. And then someone with, let's say, crooked teeth, crowded teeth, we might associate that with someone who breaks rules. Interesting. Creativity, quirky. These personality traits come into the shape of the teeth, the position of the teeth. We do it without thinking. And that can also come into, you know, how you how you dress your hair, how you dress, you know, if you have a beard, the style yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. It all kind of comes into the, the kind of cosmetic appearance of of someone. So I think what you said is is reasonable, but you've identified that you're actually seeing this. I think everyone's doing it. Yeah, but maybe not paying too much attention yeah, to it. You've analyzed it and kind of you've become self-aware. I think I, sometimes I overanalyze things. I'm like, mm. I almost like, if I see something, I almost protect myself in a way of like, I'm not even going to go there because I just know what's going to happen. And some, sometimes I can misjudge it. I'll be honest, I'm quite good with it. I would say I'm quite good with it. And I think that's because of like my parents. They were like that. They kind of had to be like that when they didn't speak the language. They okay. have to rely on that more, yeah. right? So I know I've seen it through them. So I kind of put, both together in a way with like how I do things now okay. in a way. But when you're talking about like teeth, you know, you said sometimes it says people are creative, more organized. Mm. How does that dictate what shape your teeth is? How does that dictate that? Is how it, in terms of biology? Yeah. Like how does it dictate that? How do you know? Like what does that? What creates that? What puts your teeth in that shape? Is it nurture or nature? Right let's say someone's got really oval shaped teeth, really soft edges, you know, your teeth are relatively uh, hard edged in that they're straight, quite square. Uh, if I remember from last time, okay, right? which yeah. is a relatively masculine way of teeth developing. Interesting. Um, softer edges are considered more feminine. Um, so what comes first? Have, have you somehow influenced that through your teenage years and how you've used your teeth and made them squarer or has it developed through genetics? and upbringing don't have the answer okay no one has the answer to that. no one has the answer to that no i don't think so i don't think we know enough about it the development of teeth is going to be genetic in a lot of ways so you yeah. look at your parents teeth you can take away some of their risk factors but also shapes of their teeth would yeah. probably be a combination of mom and mom and dad okay and the personality elements that's probably humans thinking too much into the shapes of teeth Okay, um, but I think it does hold water to some degree. If someone's got crooked teeth, doesn't mean they're going to be a creative person. Okay, it doesn't mean they're a disorganized person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could just have crooked teeth for another reason. They suck their thumb or something like that. Yeah, yeah. There are lots of factors involved. Um, the relevance of it is when you're trying to change something. If uh, you come to a cosmetic consultation and you want to look a certain way or change things, we would look at that and think. Do we want to give you square edges? Do we want to go really uniform and really straight and aggressive? Or should we make it softer? And that's something I discuss with people. So that would be the practical relevance. Who dictates that? Do they turn around and Because I'm sure you get people that come and go, I want this. I want to look like this. Because I've seen some awful fucking work. Yeah. And I look at people and I'm <laughs> like, big man, like, go get your teeth done. And this goes for anyone doing whatever. You, you tell them. No, when I'm, no, no. Well, I tell my friend next to him. If I okay. chat to them, if it's my mate, I will 100% banter them. What did you say to James when he had his? Well, I said, your mouth looks different. Okay. I said, okay. your mouth looks Is different. Is that a compliment coming from you? For, to be honest, like, we don't really compliment each other like that. We give each other shit a lot if mm -hmm. I, with okay. our friends. So yeah, yeah. I'm always like, what I did notice though when he did get it done is 
he used to talk to me about his teeth, right? Mm. I never used to pay attention. Of course. I never used to pay attention because I was like, I don't give, like, whatever. But, like, I never used to pay attention to my teeth. But I've got comments before from people going, oh, Dylan, you've got a good set of teeth. I actually didn't know it was a big deal. And I think that's because I was genetically lucky. You've looked after yourself as well. Both? Maybe. Well, I guess so. Definitely. But no, no, you want to hear this, bro. I've, I, I don't know. Maybe I said this in the last... Maybe we spoke about this before, but I don't know. I basically... What have you done? What I didn't do was I didn't go to a dentist for like seven, eight years. Yeah. I didn't know I had to. I know this sounds stupid, yeah, but, but like my culture, my background, they don't do them things, right? <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, they don't have the money to do that, right? So I was traveling a lot. I was living in Australia for four years, five years. Didn't have like a, I was one of those guys that, where's your local GP? I was like, I don't have one. I don't have a local dentist. I'm everywhere sort of thing. And then in Bali, my gums were killing me. They were killing me. My teeth were hurting. And I was telling Smith, we were living in a hostel together, me and him, like not sharing a bed, but like two single beds in a tiny room. And I was like, oh, it must be the water here. It must be the alcohol we're drinking. I must be stressed. All this fucking shit. Okay. Smith was like, when's the last time you went to a dentist? I was like, don't know, like six years ago or something, bro. Something like that. He was like, mate, go get your gums looked at. Yeah. And then I went to this, the most booky place in Changu in Bali, thinking I'm definitely going to fucking catch something here. But I walked out with all of my pain gone. She literally... What did they do? Mate, they cleaned my mouth. They cleaned your teeth, okay. But my, I've never felt my mouth relaxed like that in my life. And she was like, you had so much, what do you call it? Uh, plaque. Calculus. Plaque, yeah. She had it all in a thing and she shaked it and it was like, Shh. and I was like, oh my fucking God. I was like, how often? She was like, you need to be going every six months. I'm like, oh shit. Since that day, every six months, I'm there clean, getting myself sorted. Okay. Every six months, yeah. yeah I've been looking after it more. Well, that kind that kind dentist in Bali changed your approach. 100%. Right? But, but then I was thinking, I must be quite genetically blessed that I didn't have those issues. Mm. Now, how much does genetics play a part in how healthy our teeth are, like compared to how you look after it. So for example, if my genetics are ridiculously good, like teeth, and I don't look after it, and I can still get away with it for a long time compared to someone that's not really blessed and they have to look after it. Does it play a big part? Good question. And there are two parts of this, the, your question and then the, the six months and six, yeah, yeah, seven yeah, years yeah. part. Um, genetics plays a significant part in development of gum disease. Okay. Gum disease being when the bone structures around the teeth start to recede, teeth become wobbly, you lose teeth. Okay. Certain certain race racial groups are more susceptible to it than others. So the whole Asian subcontinent is more susceptible to gum disease um, as a race. So that group of people, me included in that, would need to have a better average brushing level and contact with a dentist to avoid the same amount of gum disease for someone like yourself. Okay. So local factors as well will help or not help you. So your mum and dad, I would assume both of them have got their teeth, right? Have they yeah. lost their teeth? Uh, my dad needs to definitely look after it a little bit better recently, hmm. but majority of their life, they never had They've been to. okay? Yeah, yeah they're fine though, yeah. So... Certain genetic lines will have a gum disease strain running through it. And 
the test is do any of your parents have or grandparents have early loss of many of their teeth and in your oh, case you know your mum and dad no. don't have that so you could say that you don't have that genetic predisposition which makes okay. sense given you had this uh, six to seven year lapse and you didn't develop gum disease as far as it sounds you just needed a really good clean yeah <laughs> when it comes to tooth decay and other issues there isn't a evidence-backed opinion on whether you can have weaker teeth as a result of genetics but colleagues dentists i speak to anecdotally we find that there is a difference between certain people in how hard their teeth are we only notice that when we are using our instruments on them some feel softer some feel harder we don't know why it could be your diet or your an illness as a child in development of the enamel and the, the teeth the teeth you know, develop at a really young age from when you're in the womb all the way up until, you know, two to three years old. If you have a disruption at that time, it could cause the issue. So it might not be genetics, it could be local, like a, you know, antibiotics or an illness, okay. that sort of thing. Or even um, during pregnancy, your mother could have a, a, a poor diet or an illness and that can affect your development. Oh, shit. Dentists don't really know. So the main one is gum disease. Okay. Coming back to when to see a dentist yeah you mentioned six seven years being a long time it is a long time and we would always advise someone to see a dentist as opposed to never seeing a dentist but yeah. i've had lots of conversations since since last year about how often should we be seeing a dentist in the uk six months is the kind of blanket rule for everyone and it is too much on the whole and the caveat with that is it needs to be risk assessed meaning Someone like yourself, who's relatively low risk on the face of it, wouldn't need to see a dentist as much to maintain the same level of health as someone who is genetically susceptible and needs to have a lot of contact with a dentist. Six months for high-risk people. Okay. And that's all supported by uh, our clinical guidelines. So many of my patients are on 12 months. And people who are really low risk, for example, never had a filling in their life, look after themselves really well. You can go up to two years or more. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Dentists tend not to say that. I don't know why. Well, probably because they get them in more often, isn't it? Maybe there's an element of that. But then in the current climate, I don't know if you've heard, there's a massive shortage of dentists. Oh, is there? I the NHS, know. our national health system, is is uh, sort of buckling at the seams. And reason for it is there aren't enough nurses and dentists to supply the demand of the population. And especially in the north of the country, it's really strained. Really? Yeah. So that would almost support seeing a dentist no more than is necessary to maintain health. Mm. That would make sense. Not a blanket rule of six months. It's got to be risk assessed for the individual. Okay, interesting. That's it's one of the messages I've tried to get across, and it's not quite computing with everyone. I'm talking about dentists. Yeah. Because everyone's so used to six months. That's yeah. the way, and that's the way. I feel like there's a few things with that. I feel like there's... Um, that every six months, brush your teeth twice a day, mouthwash this, don't use mouthwash. Yeah. Like, you get a bit confused. Like, I'll be honest, I don't brush my teeth twice a day, man. I brush it once. I feel like dentists, I don't know, you tell me. Am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? Well, for the benefit of everyone listening, tell us what you do exactly. Okay. All right. I know so, it's once a day, but what, what about around it? What, what? You know, walk into the bathroom. Yeah. End of to, end of this evening. What do you do? I'll floss. Okay. 
are floss. But then I'm like... Front to back? All the teeth? Yeah, all. All of it, like in okay. between. In you between. must have pretty good hands then. It's quite hard to do. I've got basic, I've got like three different uh, little... What do you call it? I don't know what they're called. Interdental brushes? Yeah, yeah. I've got three different ones. Good. I've got ones for my back teeth. Yeah. I've got ones for the lower ones here. And okay. then ones for the top. Cool. Um... Okay, you do that first on all the teeth, and then? I'll do that first. Yeah. And then I brush my teeth with my Philips. Is it Philips? Yeah, Philips yep. machine. And do you wet it and then put the toothpaste on, or do you put the toothpaste on go straight in? I wet it and then put the toothpaste on just okay. a little bit. Yeah. Make it all moist. <laughs> <laughs> and then I clean it. Yeah. Um, Where do you start? I start, I start like here. Front tooth, yeah. I start front, and then okay. I clear one side first. Yeah. Then I clear the other. Yeah. But then I put... Half the brush on the gum, half the brush on the tooth. Okay. I've done my research. But I've nice. <laughs> and I do that all the way around. And I won't lie. Then I do the inside, but the inside is long. Because you can't see it. I get, I get ticklish. <laughs> I get, okay. Yeah, I, can't, I can't do it. But are then, you brushing your palate or are you brushing? I don't know. I'm trying. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I can't get in there, bro. Okay. But like when I'm doing it, I'm like, don't get me wrong. There's times... Majority of the time, I'll do twice a day. But there's a lot yeah. of times, if I won't lie, if I'm dead and I'm like, yeah. I fell asleep on the couch or something, I'm like, fuck this, bro. I'm going straight to bed, man. And then I heard like one dentist saying, I don't have to do it twice a day. So I'm like, I'm taking that advice. Which dentist was that? I don't remember. Was that you? Possibly, yeah. I think it was you, you Possibly know. Possibly was last <laughs> It yeah. might have been you. Yeah, yeah, it might have been you. It might have been you. So I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I just, I remember that. And that's my excuse. <laughs> and that's my excuse. It's, I like what you're doing, actually. I think okay. it's quite a good routine. There are a few things I could kind of, tweak but um coming right back to it once a day versus twice a day the evidence base supports brushing once every other day to maintain health in those who are not genetically susceptible to gum disease wait one what once every other day that's the evidence base but that is if you're not susceptible and doing a perfect brush okay prevailing guidance from dentists across the world is two minutes twice a day the reason for that is because we need to over-egg it a bit so that people get to a point Got where they're you. healthy because that's the priority here. And it's not so much that it's going to be overbrushing. So two minutes twice a day is what I'd recommend. But once a day is more common than we think, right? People don't admit it. So yeah. I'm glad you did. If you're going to miss one of the brushes, miss the morning one, not the evening. And it sounds like from what you said about being on the couch, it might be the evening one that you miss occasionally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Reason for not missing the evening one is because the salivary flow in your mouth reduces big time when you sleep. So any issues from what you've drunk or eaten that okay. evening stay between the teeth and fester, cause a bigger problem. Mm. Whereas in the morning, you go, go about your day, you might have a drink of water and it'll okay. be okay. Okay, interesting. So don't miss the evening one. Yeah. Okay, all right. Keep cool. the evening one as much as you can. And from your routine, I like what you do. Interdental brushes first and floss. Interdental brushes are the soft bristle brush that have different sizes, color codes that yeah. you've been taught to use. Yeah. They're superior to floss, so keep using those. Doing it before you brush is a good idea. Okay. You don't need to wet the toothbrush before you put the toothpaste on. Okay. The um, toothpaste manufacturers have gone through lots of effort and years of research and development to put the right amount of moisture into the toothpaste. So it's already set as soon as you squeeze it out of the tube. If you wet it, it dilutes it. Interesting. Makes it firm up faster, makes it runnier faster. You spit out sooner. That is true, actually. Yeah. Other, than, other than that, I would say, instead of starting on the front teeth, start at the back. 
We'll start okay. on the inside at the back, the part that's hardest to clean. Start with that. If you if you get to the hardest part at the end of your brushing cycle, you're more likely to stop, put it down. So okay, so if people were to start brushing their teeth properly, should they focus more on quality every day instead of more volume of brushing their teeth? Absolutely. Quality. Quality. I would rather someone does once a day a perfect brush than twice a day slapdash. Okay. Because you're going to access all those areas. Problems start when we miss certain areas because we miss that same area every time we brush. Then it festers into a problem. That's why dentists come in and actually check those areas. So quality over quantity, definitely. The other thing is um, people in the fitness industry will generally be quite, um, quite strong people, I would think, stronger than most. You're doing weights and things. As a result, we tend to hold a toothbrush with a fist, hold it really hard, push it really hard. And, and, if, and if you're not feeling that clean feeling on the gum, you think you're not doing a good job. That's not the case. You shouldn't feel like you've had a scrub against the teeth. That's too much. If the bristles splay on the tooth, it's not doing a good job. So keeping the bristles straight against the teeth and a very light touch is the best way. Okay. All right. Yeah, that was definitely me. <laughs> Oh, was that guy like? Ah, yeah, especially was, if you're in a hurry, right? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. That was definitely me. I don't do that anymore. I don't do that anymore. And I actually try and take my time with it. Before I used to be like, okay, just quickly get this over and done with. But now I'm like, I almost get into this like meditation mode, like just boom, just take your time with it, take your time with it. But whatever I do, it's never going to be as a clean cleanup like I would get in a dentist, right? That's right. The instruments we use in the dentist are much finer. They, uh, if you probably remember, it's a, uh, a whizzing noise yeah, of yeah. water. And what it is, is an ultrasonic uh, frequency against the tooth. And it removes uh, very stubborn areas of plaque, which won't get removed with a toothbrush. Okay. So it, it helps in certain areas. Toothbrushes are great, but they don't get everywhere. Okay. They probably hit about 90% of spots. Okay. And the remaining 10, the dentist or the hygienist will pick those up. So what would be... Um... Say if someone doesn't know if they've got potential gum disease mm. and they haven't gone to the dentist, I haven't gone in over seven, eight months, what would be the signs of issues Issues where you should be like, okay, well, you should go see one? Bad breath. Really? There's a particular type of bad breath which dentists can smell. It's a particular thing which so they say, there's a, there's a running um, joke that people make uh, in that you can diagnose gum disease before they've even sat into the chair Sharp. because you can smell it as soon as they've spoken to you no way and that is true to an extent it's a, once you've seen enough people with the same gum disease smell you can you, you can understand what, what it smells like what does it smell like um it's hard to describe but it's it's, it's not like a a morning stale bad breath that you might be thinking of is it just like smells like death Sm <laughs> smells pretty bad pretty bad but Something you don't really forget. Okay. When, when, because it's quite unique. You don't get that smell. There's no comparison. Okay. Got something you, got similar. You. So when you know, you know, you're like, yep, that's yeah. it. And it's nothing kind of related to the smells of food and drink. So you can't really associate it with anything. Okay. So that's the biggest one. And the people who have it will not notice it on themselves, of course. And the people around them might not notice it. They might just say you've got bad breath. So that's, that's the first one. Okay. So that's like people that with BO in it that they don't realize. Exactly right. Same thing. Same thing. You have to pull him aside, be like, "Brother, listen." I don't. Oh. I would say that that's a kind person. Yeah, I've done that's that. That's it. I've done that. I'd have to do that at work. One that's time. a that's a friend in need. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I've You've done to, that. I've done that at work one yeah, time. I was working in JD Sports years ago. I was like seventeen years old. Yeah. 
And I pulled a guy aside. I was like, bro, like, go get some deodorant, bro. Was that hard to say? It must have been hard to say, right? I'm not going to lie. I was looking forward to it. I thought it was quite funny. <laughs> I thought it was quite funny. Because back in the day, like, I was just like, like, where I was from, it was just like, people just say shit like that, but they say it loud. Hey, Darren, man, you stink, bruv. Or something like that. Okay. So for me, it was like, it wasn't really a problem, especially, Maybe it, was it was alone. I did it one-to-one, -one, so it wasn't an issue. Okay. If he took it the wrong way, then I would be like, bro, I'm doing you a fucking favour, bruv. Are you stupid? Like, mm. relax. But, but you say you're 17. Yeah, I was 17. At, at that age, I mean, I think... No one yeah, you can kind of say what you want. You say what you want. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Imagine if it was in a workplace on a PC floor or one of your clients. Oh. oh tough, much tougher, right? Clients is... Uh, It'd be actually, hard. It's a hard difficult. one, especially Imagine when they're paying you. Yeah, long-standing clients. Um, how do you manage that? You, tough. It is tough. You, most people probably wouldn't say a thing. Yeah, it's, it's true. You just said it's not really your bag. It's not your field. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You're kind of overstepping the mark. A little bit. Yeah. But, but I think it has to be said. It though. does. It There's does. a way you can deliver it. I think. I don't know who's going to phrase that correctly. Um, I'll grab him. I'll grab him. I'll be like, hey, listen, yeah. How would you say it? You know how much I like you, right? <laughs> yeah. You look into my eyes. You promise you're not going to get offended if I say something. To go, no, 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 no. Okay. Get some fucking deodorant. <laughs> and then laugh. Like, in a way that's not uncomfortable. You've done like a good and a negative then a good yeah, yeah. laugh at the end. Because I feel like when you make something, in anything in general, when you make it, if you put too much pressure on whatever that thing is, like, too much attention to that, the energy you bring can create like a real negative space. Mm. Whereas if one of your boys have like messed up or something's happened and you've addressed it, like, hey, listen, I know I've just come to your house my first time. I won't lie to you. Don't go into your bathroom. I've took a shit in there, mate. I'm sorry. Tell your missus I'm sorry, but I couldn't help it. And they're like, it's like almost you, they can't even get angry. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, fuck, he's just been so straightforward with it or whatever. But Do I think you know you're I mean? right. They're more, it's more powerful in the fact that you've, uh, you've said it in a way that's sincere, but you haven't uh, made the person feel awful about it. Yes. As a result, they might respond and actually comply getting what you want and something better for them as well. Yeah, 100%. And that happens in healthcare as well. Uh, but I mean, unfortunately, not not many have taken your approach, which is a bit of a shame. You know, we, we don't get taught this in, in, in uh, medical school, uh, how to deliver advice. Mm. It's very didactic and paternalistic. Okay. So they don't exactly teach you how to communicate properly, I guess. They do, but not in the on the lines that we're talking about. More on the lines of being empathetic to someone's pain because pain is pretty commonplace in medical and dental. Of course, Someone's yeah, yeah. presenting with pain, so it's quite a complex emotion to go through. It is, yeah. And it can make you react in all sorts of ways, so that's a common focus. But delivering advice in a way that, or trying to change someone's behavior, it's, a, it's tough. It's, a, it's tougher for you guys. And we're in a position of knowledge and skill, yep. and we're trying to deliver something in a way that doesn't alienate them, doesn't make them feel small, and doesn't confuse them because mm. technical jargon is not helping anyone. Yeah. How did you do that? My opinion is take a complex idea, simplify it into terms that everyone can understand. And I think, like you said, deliver it in a way which is a positive, even if someone is completely wrecking their teeth, which yeah. I've seen all the time. I never, I never really say that to them. They're usually aware of it, or I try and bring them around to realizing it. But we start with what they're doing well. The fact that they're in the chair today, they've made that step to move from 
home, go to see a dentist. That's a positive step. Then from there, you build, give them a small piece of advice, see if they take it on, and then build it from there. Okay, yeah. You don't bombard them. They don't feel like they're you know, in, in a medical, they're already nervous because they're in a medical area. Yeah. You know, it's not exactly the most comforting places. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like, like you just said, it, something positive, something humorous at the end, and your message in between. Or, or your message kind of filtered in somewhere. Yeah. They might listen and no, it might sink. Okay. And I think it works. But I think it's harder for you guys because any sort of advice that you have you have to um, give or warn someone about, you're a doctor, right? So there's almost like you have to be almost more professional than me, right? In a way. It's like in delivery. No, in delivery. Yeah. Whereas I'll be honest, I've had a lot of clients that have come up, come to me that have had eating disorders. Okay. And this and that. Technically, I should I shouldn't be given advice mm. about as in I shouldn't be given advice about a medical condition about a medical condition all right so I'm very careful with what I say and how I say it so with someone that has like an eating disorder or say a mental health um situation the way I deliver something is almost like it's not a big deal mm. and it's happened so many times where that person has felt so much better and I've helped them overcome that situation and be a lot happier and overcome an eating disorder. Now, and I'm no doctor. And again, a lot of PTs will say, no, no, I can't talk about that. I can't do yeah. that. You need to go see a nutritionist. Uh, um, you need to go see a doctor for this and doctor for that. And I'm like, in my head, I would be like, what, what would I have done? What would we have done 150 years ago or something or when no one has access to any of this? There, I feel like there's so much advice and so many people to go to with every little fucking thing. Everyone is scared to just like help when you know you can. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, don't most people just want to be seen, loved and heard? And when you do that, I feel like everyone already kind of has the answers. Would you agree? Yes, to an extent. Okay. There comes a point with medical conditions where the person who is not the trained person can give the advice not knowing what they don't know and not having the full picture. And they might be able to steer the way the person into not a worse territory, but in a territory which is not helping them. Mm, and okay. that person might not know if they're not experiencing that condition. But I hear you in that certain conditions, especially the mental health ones, I'm not sure modern medicine understands mental health. And the psychiatrists and psychologists I speak to largely agree. There's a lot of medication happening. Um, and I'm not sure that's actually solving the root cause of it. Yeah, 100%. Medications are, you know, hand, you know, pharmacokinetically, it's just handling one thing in your brain. And I'm not sure we understand the complexity of this enough. So, so that's one aspect I would... I just caution people on. It's a hard line to take because as a personal trainer, you're seeing you're seeing eating disorders, mental health. You're seeing obesity, right? Probably in a high volume. Yeah. That is a medical condition, but you are treating it. Are you not by providing advice, guidance, programs? Where does the line where does the line go? Because our, our, our medics treating obesity medicine will give advice on diets and they have to have lots of information guides out there through the national health service and we know about gastric bypass which are for the more severe cases yeah that's quite, that's quite you know further 
yeah, yeah, yeah. down the down the field, but on a on a level of calorie intake versus yeah. output and all the things you know about, is that serving the patient the patient the person and making them healthier probably. So I, I'm in full support of that. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I've spoken to a lot of doctors, um, and there's definitely a lot that do not know how to give advice on how someone should look after their diet or their cells with very basic principles or things to do to be healthier and better. Because a lot of people do go to the GP when they have this problem. I still get people coming up to me going, and I spoke to a doctor at the NHS and they told me to cut out carbs completely. And I'm like, oh, fuck, that's so bad. That's so bad. But I guess I feel like people just need to be smart with who they pick to get advice from. Do you think it's super hard to find good advice in terms of how do you know how does anyone know what is a good advisor when it comes to fitness dental okay, medical is... hair okay you know, skin yeah beauty makeup yeah because you know you look at your your feed right now oh, you'll see you'll, you'll have a million people on all the platforms yeah. telling you that they're an expert and they'll have a great following they'll have a blue tick they'll have all yeah. this stuff right credentials which seem legit yeah we're getting bombarded with stuff when it comes to diet yes should we be eating less carbs, more carbs, fats and protein contents being changed all the time? Or brushing your teeth twice a day or one a day or what? <laughs> Even like, right? that, right? Yeah. All of that. People would say to me in response to this that the things I've said yeah. are potentially incorrect. Yeah. I mean, I would argue they're not. And I've had those conversations with dentists and um, largely I think people have come around when it comes to some of the things I've noted. But yeah. coming back to diets, it's super hard to figure out what is good information because there's no evidence base. People yeah. just having an opinion saying it worked for me. How do you reconcile that as a professional? Honestly, I think humanity, yeah, people are becoming lazier and lazier, mm. right? They're becoming so lazy. And I'm not talking about being lazy with the actions that they need to take to be healthy and blah, blah, blah. I'm talking about people are becoming lazy with looking at someone and really looking into them to how they are, how they sit, how they talk, what their energy is like to know if they're trustworthy or not. Back in the day, there was none of these blue ticks, this qualification, that qualification, mm. this, there was none of that. People would rely on that instinct, their gut instinct. Yep. But now people don't rely on any of that. I would like, and I've got in trouble for this with my friends and stuff and We'll meet someone outside or at an event or something. And I'd be like, I don't trust that fucking person, bro. I don't, I'm not, I'm not engaging with that individual. I'm sorry. They're like, you can't say that. He's done nothing wrong. I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, I understand that. But like, I just know that I don't get a good feeling about that person. I don't trust that person. I would not take advice of him or her. And I wouldn't trust anything that comes out of their mouth from a few actions that they've done. Is this coming back to body language or is this basically all of it, all, all of, of it, it, all of okay. the whole shebang. Like, yeah. I would trust you, not because you're qualified. I would trust mm. you because you seem genuine to me. Okay. You seem like you are, you know who you are, you know what you do. And you seem confident in the way you speak about certain things. I would look at those things and go, mm. I'm going to trust his advice. Not going to trust, no offense, how qualified you are. Of course, if you're operating on me, then I would look into that. But like, <laughs> but like I'm, I'm going to look into that and go, he's legit. Do you get what I mean? That's interesting. Because, yeah, you've taken it down to kind of a, you know, 
bare bones primal view of what vibe are you getting from this person? Yeah. On an instinctual, non-verbal level, kind of. Yes. Right? And as society has gone on, we've almost valued that less in favor of, yes. which is what you're saying, yeah. of credentials on paper, qualification, blue ticks, followings, that stamp of approval. Yeah. I mean, that latter group of things are not kind of out, irrelevant. I just think, how do, how, how does an individual who is not an expert in these fields come up with, how do they reconcile those two groups of things? You'd say go more on the primal, like the instinct type stuff, right? I think so. I, I think it makes sense. Can you, can you ascertain that from a video on social media? Tough. I think it's tough. Yeah. Because some people are great artists. Yeah. They're great. They're great, great on camera. Great they, on they, camera. They have a character. They have a character. They're right? great on character. But if you look at a lot of their videos, you will find something. Yeah. Like, for mm -hmm. example, when I go to a mechanic, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm not a mechanic. If he says your gearbox is messed up, I, I can't really argue against it. Okay. But I can pick up something where I'm like, okay, all right, bro, I appreciate you. And I'm not going to do that with him there. I'm going to go somewhere else. Do you get what I mean? You can find something. You can pick up. They might whisper something to the guy next to you. They might say, oh, look, this is an opportunity to make a bit of cash or something. Something. Mm. Which is why I've, and I've always trusted that primal instinct. And it's done. And I've been, it's protected me a lot. Mm. You're showing a, a high level of EQ. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You probably had that to you before. Yeah. You're showing a lot of social intelligence. Yeah. You can take a social situation and figure out the characters pretty quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You'll be on the back foot and make assumptions. Well, yeah, make, make, make extrapolations based on what you're seeing. Um, I'll assess a room first. Which is a skill. It's yeah. a skill. And you've picked it up, it seems, naturally. Yeah. Some people try and teach it. Yes. Which I, I don't know if that's possible. But I don't know. If it's I, I'm not sure if it's a teachable thing. Um, it's experience, I think. I don't think everyone has that, or what you have. I don't think Maybe. people can articulate it either. People, I think everyone has it to a degree. I think some people will, will lack the, or they'll be either m mistrusting or completely just, uh, well, you call it gullible. Yeah. And that mechanic would say what they say and the person doesn't know about mechanics, doesn't catch any of those cues you mentioned, they'd proceed. And the same thing can apply to skin, hair, beauty, makeup. Yes. Good thing about kind of some of those groups is that a lot of it is kind of reversible. Yeah. It's yeah. not going to cause long-term damage. The concern would come with things that are irreversible. Like a lot of, we won't get into this, the transgender stuff, but yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that's been talking about where doctors are giving out, um, like young kids talking about young kids about uh, changing genders and stuff and mm. then operating and doing stuff that's irreversible, right? Whereas, which is why I guess... Of course, because everyone doesn't have that skill or whatnot, uh, having those credentials is obviously good. But I feel like people in general should look more into what an individual does to trust them, to mm. give their money to that person. Why would I give you my money? My friend, you looked after my friend. He has said good words about you. I've looked into what you do and I trust you as a person. So if I was to get my teeth done, I'd probably come to you. Instead of just going... Blue tick, mm. only way is Essex, I'll buy. 
Yeah. Which is the lazy way. Which is the lazy right. way. That's what I mean by people yeah. being lazy mm-hmm. and not actually just have a look at what this person does before you buy into, I guess, anything, anything, you know? And it's, it, it's, that's a tough conversation because like you said, you can't really, I can't really prove any of that. No. It's interesting what you said about, you know, the laziness and, you know, people are probably going for that uh, short distance from researching something to transacting or going ahead with a procedure in a very short space of time, not doing that social sort of analysis that you just described. And it comes, it reminds me of a conversation I've had with several uh, uh, lay people, patients uh, in the past who have gone to Turkey to have their teeth done. And I explained the things that I, that we talked about the last one, and they kind of almost changed my mind about, you know, it just, it just made, made me think differently mm. in that they accept that they will likely lose their teeth by the time they're 40. And that's okay with them. They understand. But what's unacceptable to them at this stage in life is, or for some of these people, is having a set of teeth they're unhappy with and not being able to afford to change that. Mm. If the teeth don't function by the time they're middle-aged, they've accepted that outcome. Now, I know you, I see you're, 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 you're scowling a bit there. And you know, I was internally when I heard this. And it goes against what we get taught in medical school, which is function first, cosmetics after. Okay. Fun- if the teeth don't have a good foundation and health, you can make them look as good as you like, that everything will fail. Mm. And that makes sense. This turns that on its head. Some people are looking at it in the other way. If they're not happy with the way things look, all is lost. doesn't matter mm. if they function. <laughs> yeah. And it's a very alternative way of thinking about things, but it's made me soften my approach because people really have taken this, you know, this method of placing crowns on teeth in a quite an aggressive way to make things look better in a way that's a lot cheaper than what happens in the UK. I'm not saying I accept it. Yeah. But I respect the opinion of someone else who's done their research. They've seen what the cost is here. They've seen what the cost is there. And they can see the risks. I mean, many of them can't. They haven't done that research. Yeah. I've spoken to a few who have, and they've made a conscious decision to prioritize the aesthetics whilst they're in this young stage of their life. They're living your best life now, right? Which yeah. is a generational thing. And tackling the problems, albeit severe, mm. later in life. Many people might say, well, they don't know what they don't know. There's mm. a big implication of pain, cost, uncomfortability. How can they make such a decision at such a young age? I can't comment on that. I'm, mm. you know, I'm not the clinician treating them. I haven't done that assessment on you know, their maturity. But just a brief conversation with some of these people, it's made me think since, uh, since so many dentists in the UK are, are you know, going after or, or just completely uh, slating overseas dentistry, some of it's driven by the clients. Yeah, okay, makes sense. Question, why, why um, people are going there because it's cheaper. Yeah. What's the really expensive thing? How do you mean? As in, when you're getting your teeth done. Mm. Is it the hours you put in or is it getting something made? What is the most expensive? What is, what is, why does it cost so much more here? The most expensive part of the process will be the 
combination of the person doing the treatment, the time of that person, and the training they've training they've gone through to be able to perform that procedure to a standard, combined with the operating costs of a dental clinic in the UK, which will be higher than some of these countries, uh, such as Turkey, Thailand, Poland, Romania. Those are the common ones. People doing it in Thailand as well. A lot in Thailand. Yeah. Really? Yeah, a lot. A lot of stuff we see in, from Thailand. Um, Romanian, you uh, used to be Ukraine, not so much anymore. Mm, um, yeah. Ukraine and and, and yeah, R Romania. That's the most expensive part. Now, the time involved for veneers as opposed to crowns is much higher. The clinical um, skill involved is higher because the way they are fixed onto the teeth is different. We may, you know, you may, we may have talked about it last yeah, time. Yeah. Crown goes all the way around the tooth. A veneer sits on the outside. Okay, yeah. With a crown, it's not as critical how you actually fix it onto the teeth because it's mechanically locked onto the tooth. Okay. A veneer is not. It's only holding on by your adhesive method and your technique, which needs to be precise. So it can just pop out? If you don't do it correctly, yeah. Really? Mm. What's the worst thing you've seen happen with someone getting like their veneers done? Have, has anyone come up to you with like had like a severe issue after they've gone away and done it abroad or something yeah, yeah you've see, had a lot we see quite a lot yeah um, what, what's that what happens for example what's a bad thing that happens a bad one is uh the, the nerve inside the tooth dies and gets infected okay and you get kind of a swelling on your mouth and, and if you leave it there your face oh shit okay and if you leave it there for long enough you'll end up in a and e with someone needing to drain it for you and you know the tooth needs to be removed and that's the most severe outcome in terms of kind of medical complication. Oh, really? Okay. That's not a good one. Um, and there, there have been kind of well-documented cases of people coming back with infections. That's a bad one. The other one is teeth just falling out and it's your front teeth. And it's uh, it's pretty hard to go about your day and your work if, if you don't have front teeth. Okay. Yeah, of course. Uh, but worst outcome overall is um, someone went abroad and they had all their teeth removed in favor of implants. Yeah. So, so it's not a crown. The entire tooth is removed, and you place an implant and place all the teeth onto one onto several implants. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. So you, you've lost the tooth entirely, and not one, all of them. Patient came back to the UK, had raging gum disease around the implants, and she had it before she went out on her teeth anyway. Out of the, I think sixteen implants, two of them survived. The two implants left. She was left without teeth and just had a denture. No teeth. Yeah. So that was the worst we had. She arrived with no teeth and a very loose, ill-fitting denture. That's a tough one. Could you help her out? You sort it out? Yeah. Um, the plan is complex. It takes a bit of time. But yeah, there's, there's a solution. But it's, um, it's, it's about as bad as it gets. Oh, man. That would be scary looking into the mirror with no teeth. In sympathy to her, she... She made a bad choice, but I've got some sympathy for someone who's had such a poor outcome from something they just, you know, had faith in someone mm, to do of course. a good job. And it's turned out so badly because the road to recovery is so, it's so comprehensive and invasive. Okay. Which yeah. could have been avoided just by saving the natural teeth in some way. That's why to get a cosmetic outcome is fine. We all want teeth to look good yourself you've had good teeth and your teeth have always looked good so it's yeah. probably a mindset you may have not really uh kind of directly empathized with but you can do it in a way that makes sure your teeth last your entire life okay 
by the time you get to implants, implants are never going to be good, as good as natural teeth. Mm. So if you jump straight to the most aggressive option first, then you're only you? going to have a, a long road to, um, to maintain that because dentistry is imperfect. Nature got it better than we did. Mm. What could I get done to my teeth? Out of curiosity, I've never, like, what, what makes, do people get white, like, whitened or something? Well, you could have lots done to your teeth, as we just described. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but as um, in, like, but say what, someone what, like me, I've got healthy teeth, but I want to, you know, spice things up a little bit. What, we, what, what, does, what does one do to have better teeth? Well, um, we normally start with what don't you like about your teeth? If the answer is nothing, do nothing. Okay, well, there you go. There okay, you go. Perfect. But uh, if, if I would suggest something for someone who's got pretty good teeth, hasn't had much done to their teeth, whitening them is a good idea. Okay. Getting them a bit brighter, cleaner. Uh, you're doing the cleaning already. Yeah. Um, we do use tooth contouring quite a lot, which is where you take teeth that are slightly uneven, chipped, asymmetric, and you yeah. even them out, make them smoother, neater by just reshaping them. You don't add anything to the teeth. It's quite a good minimalist way to make things better without really? having something comprehensive like veneers, crowns, composite bonding, implants, um, because it can be done in one appointment. You don't even need to be anesthetized for it. And you can combine it with whitening. And we do that quite a lot for young people. And it, and it helps. Math, okay. Does, does also, does your teeth, like from a young age, okay, let's see if I can ask this properly. It might be complex to answer as well. Does what I eat and how I eat dictate the shape of my teeth? Like, you know, there was a study shown like recently, our jaw lines are like, our jaws are changing from our diet and whatnot. I'm a big meat eater, innit? I even chew yeah. on the bones, bruv. I'm not going to lie. Okay. I eat, like, I eat the whole chicken wing. You eat the I'm bones? Having, you, uh, oh, I, you eat the bones? I, I, when I'm having wings, I, I mash it up and I eat the bone marrow. Oh, right. I, yeah. So the whole bone gets eaten? Yeah, majority of the time, yeah. I just like <laughs> chop it up and I eat it. Okay. People usually think I'm a crackhead for it. But I'm like, no, no, I like the bone marrow. <laughs> I like sucking on it. They say the bone marrow is very good for you. Yeah, that's why I do it. You probably get your entire... Um, iron complement in the, the entire maybe year, yeah maybe because it's just height rich in like you know red blood cells exactly so i just i just yam on that and i'm like and someone told me the other day dude you got like fangs on your teeth and i'm like i wonder if that's got anything to do with me eating loads of shit or just genetics because <laughs> my mom and dad don't have so does your diet and how you eat from a young age dictate the shape of your jaw so the 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 teeth themselves are going to be set in their shape they're not going to change they're okay. only going to change in a way of tooth wear meaning if you keep biting really hard things on one tooth, it might wear down and okay. get a bit flatter. But as time has on, gone on, of course, we're evolving as humans. And you've probably heard of wisdom teeth. Yeah. They're kind of these kind of ancillary appendix type teeth that we don't particularly need, but they're from an age when we used to have a much more herbivore type diet. We're eating a lot more kind of rough type foods. Yeah. And we needed more teeth on the back. So we had wisdom teeth. Now our faces are less, less Neanderthal. They're shallower. So we don't need... We don't have the space for those wisdom teeth yet. Those wisdom teeth keeps coming through, which is whilst we, which is why we, why we get issues and we need to have them removed. Oh shit! That's the history behind it. So as time is going on, our faces are getting shorter in depth. Why that's happening is probably because we're soft. We're, no, we're, we're soft, and <laughs> our diets are getting softer. What do you have? What do you see on a menu? It's all um, tender meat type foods, right? right it's fillet yeah. steak type stuff and it's interesting because the uh, movement against meats more into vegan foods is almost putting that on its head because vegan diets are probably going to have more diet more more fiber in them more fibrous mm, okay. foods is is kind of working against that 
So uh, you're right. You've got canines there, the pointy teeth. Yeah. They're classically designed for uh, cutting into meats. Sick. So developed specifically for that, which is actually a physiological adaptation to say that we ate meat in the past. Yeah. We eat it today. And yes, we don't particularly need to eat it, but we are designed for it. Sick. So I'm going to continue that shit. <laughs> so my kids' kids can at least have some a good jawline or something. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> and the thing is, as time goes on, uh, we're seeing more people who don't have straight teeth, right? And people ask, oh, why, why, why is that happening? Probably because our diets are getting softer and softer. Mm. We're not having that normal feedback to the ligaments in our teeth yeah. when you're eating tough foods. So I would actually say the diet you described of the chicken wings and the bones is probably more naturalistic and mm. uh, according to how we've developed. Okay. I mean, no one's doing that these days yeah, except yeah. you, but I would actually say it's probably good for you. Okay, yeah, yeah. In terms you. of your bone, muscle, and ligament health. Got you. Got it's you, more towards what we're designed to do. You watch a dog eat a bone, they'll do it in a similar way. Yeah. Right? Not to make the comparison to you and the dog. I, 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 didn't, I didn't mean it that I'd way. I'd rather be a dog than be soft. But, but, I mean, <laughs> but I mean it in a positive way in that dogs don't have this um, kind of modern society approach to things. They yeah. will eat their food how they want to. Yeah. And their approach is why uh, their teeth are not crooked ever. Oh, oh no, they're not. Have you ever seen a dog with braces? No. I actually have seen a dog with braces. Have you? <laughs> Probably in Fulham or something. Yeah. <laughs> Was it? Yeah. 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 Uh, but they, they, they tend to have very straight teeth. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, it's, yeah we're all having Invisalign, aren't yeah. we? It's weird, it's weird that you say that about the mouth and the teeth. It's like, not only is like the teeth and the face you're saying is getting shorter and more shallow. That's what you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. In, in um, not in width. Yeah, yeah. In depth. In depth. Okay. Yeah, so kind of front to back. And like, yeah. It's the same happening with our bodies. We're actually becoming sloppier and softer. In terms of? Like our bodies in general, like sloppy. As in, because we don't have to be as physical yeah, as we anymore. Mm. So it's like, it's the same thing. And it's weird. It's just like, we just become a bit... <laughs> Probably more injuries, right? Yeah, more, yeah. way more. If yeah. pe that's why if people don't train and actually do things that are tough, you're going to like suffer for it later on. If not you, your bloodline is. Mm. <laughs> like your bloodline is going to suffer and become, sounds really animalistic, but like a weak species. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But it's interesting you say that. As, as a species, we are over the hill in terms of ev evolutionary progression. We're not progressing better. No, yeah, We're exactly. getting worse. We're getting worse, yeah. Probably our best time is when we were hunter-gatherers needing to actually fight and survive to get food because it re relied on us being fast having uh you know lack of injuries being strong being strong these days being strong and fit doesn't serve you other than in the aesthetic way 100 percent, 100 percent. so why do it i know, you know? So, yeah. which is which is which is not the right way of thinking I'd, i would i would say it's my opinion but oh it's a it's a societal change it not, is how do, it how do you is. work against that i mean you are working against it aren't you with your with your work i'm trying yeah i'm trying I it's weird isn't it the more i don't know about you but like do you, are you still enjoying the city like, do you enjoy being in London? Like, do you really like it? I like London. Do you, I, have you gone out into the nature? Are you going out spending more time in nature at all or anything like that? I try to as much as I can. But every time I've been on an expedition or a trip, you know, extended time in nature, it almost cures you of uh, everything. any sort of worry or right. uh, trivial concern you've got. Right. Everyone yeah. seems to uh, level with you. Something about being 
I don't know, nature or in a extreme environment where we're outside and kind of you're boiled down to your basic needs and necessities of just, you know, food, water, shelter, that's that sort of thing. All ego is gone. It's gone. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter what you've what you're worth. You're tiny. Yeah. Everyone's kind of the same and really everyone starts to become really nice. You need each other to survive. Yeah. It's the best thing about camping and going hiking and stuff. You need each other. That's exactly what I was referring to, mountaineering, where you are camping out and you're you know, you're, you're living with people and you're relying on each other to stay alive. People become very kind and helpful. What else can you be? Exactly. exactly. But in modern society, you have all these complex interactions, which we've sort of made up as a species. And it kind of, uh, I don't know, is it good for us? What would you say? No. Probably not. It's fucking shit. Everyone's full of shit. <laughs> Everyone beats around the bush. And then when you're, when you're straightforward about something, someone goes, what are you being aggressive for? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, now you're a fucking victim. I've just told you, have asked me what I think and I've told you what I yeah. thought. And now you're playing the victim. It's, it's crazy. You can't like, and it makes people like, it, I'm not going to lie, it does make me angry sometimes. And it sounds weird, but like, I live in like SW area now. And yeah. I'm like, it's a nice area. But I'm not going to lie, I sometimes miss like Tottenham, Hackney, yeah, those areas. It sounds weird, but those areas are a lot more like, what are you looking at, man? Nothing, man. Sorry. I just look like every, everyone up, up is, front and I kind of exactly, just, exactly exactly what they're saying is, exa- is what they yeah. look like. There's no bullshit. Yeah. So, hey, how are you? How was work? Like, you don't you don't really care. So don't ask me. Just say hello, peace. Walk past me, innit? All good. Whereas mm. everyone watching this is gonna see like fucking hell, Darren's angry, innit? <laughs> but I'm not. I'm just like, I just can't stand people, I just can't stand things that are not. I'm just sick of people not being genuine. Genuine, yeah. Ingenuity, and, yeah. And it's and it's, it's sad because I don't think people realize if that carries on for a long period of time and if you influence people around you with that um, fake bullshit, it creates a bad society and a bad community around you. Do you know what I mean? We're already there though, right? We are. But it would get worse if it's mm. not addressed. How do we address it? Oh, people just need to like... Take a bit of time out. People just need to be. And it sounds mad, but like, this is why I'm self-employed. This is why I'll run my own business. And I wouldn't like, I'm just trying to think of like- I can't imagine you as an employee. I'm just trying to imagine- It would kick off. No, no, it would be done. I'd be at HR every day. Yeah. I'd be at HR every day. Like I hear stories from my friends of like, this this thing happened in the office. And I'm like, well, go tell that person (laughs) that they can't do that. They're like, you can't. Because then it's against this and this. I'm like, oh my God, this is- this is crazy. Like, it's mad. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know. That's a whole nother fucking conversation. That's a... It's super tough. And I, I've spoken to other people who've, you know, from similar parts of London who feel the same way, but you kind of have to toe the line and kind of, if you want to, if you want to function in the society, if you go against it too much, you almost become like an outsider. You do. Black, fr- then black no, people get threatened. Yeah. Or the aggressive line gets thrown your way, which is oh they're they're, they're disagreeable or argumentative. Uh, all these ones have been thrown my way in the past. I'd admit that actually I've towed the line as well, yeah. especially for the profession I'm in. There's a certain approach which is expected to come across as professional. Yeah. And uh, the term professional, I don't know if it gets bounded around in the fitness industry much, but in in medical and dental it it, it does, yeah. and it's a terminology to describe. Uh, what the profession expects of you in terms Mm. of behavior. But that changes with time, right? Again. Like we said at the the beginning. And to an extent, 
we are regulated people and we have to oblige we have to we have to follow that to a degree yeah but it doesn't mean we can't be honest and say what we think about it uh, yeah. in terms of a society uh, based approach but the great thing about the fitness industry is it's not regulated yeah right is that true is there anyone you someone can go to as an ombudsman or there is like like where you get qualified for a PT and stuff. But if I'm being honest, if you run your own business, then you're, I've, there's been a lot of situations where I probably should have been in trouble. Okay. Maybe. Sure. And not, I've never got in. So it's really only um, British law and yeah. a company's house. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Trading pretty standards. Much, pretty much. Or okay. getting called out. <laughs> okay. On, on social proof. <laughs> yeah, I guess stuff. so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Really. That's it, really. But I guess that can that can work in your favor or not, right? Correct. A bit like Liver King. Yes, exactly like that. Yeah. Exactly like that. Which is why, again, it's just just need to be open about it all. Everything, everything that you do, whoever you are, and then you got like when you got nothing to hide, you can just be yourself. Mm. No one can bring you down. Do you know what I mean? When someone like says something about you that you're already very open about. Mm. You're like, well, yeah, I know that. So that's not... I've... Well, it disarms the person pretty quickly. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, yeah, mm. what else is new, mate? I mean... I feel like you've you've had an experience of that. That I've had loads of experiences like that, man. Yeah. I've had loads of experiences with everything. Someone would say something, I'm like, yeah, sweet. That's pretty obvious that I don't care about your opinion. Right. Or something like that, you know? I, and I think... And it's weird. I think as I'm getting older, I'm becoming less, less, less. Like, I can't... If I'm just like completely done with if I don't want to be somewhere I'm not going to be there right. put it like that yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I don't really care about the whole polite thing anymore I don't think there's enough time to be polite to something or someone where it creates negative space for you so it's interesting because I feel the same way about you know that's going not going somewhere you don't want to be um, but then I get the opposition because I to me and I, and I kind of listen which is what if it was important for that other person for you being there like a family member said it was really important Darren I want you to be at this event yeah it would mean a lot to me yeah even though you don't want to be there would you would you consider it if it's a family member if it's a family member a friend that are important people in my life 100% I would do that okay. for them I wouldn't question it because I know they will do the same for me okay but when it's people where it's just completely out of the blue mm. and then it does nothing for you then there's no point. Yeah, I don't think there's any point. Yeah, do you know what I mean? But yeah, that's a whole. We can keep. We've run out of time. Have we? We've run out of time. Okay, we've run out of time. But we'll have to have you on again, bruv. It's a nice conversation. Yeah, it was good. That I was should good. get like a, I've had a lot of doctors on actually. Have I should you? get like pff, a round four, table, five round table of doctors. We'll just start attacking each other. Attack each other. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be awesome. great. That'd, that'd be, be cool. Awesome. Yeah, good chat. Who's that guy? That uh, the guy that James got after me? What's his name? The TikTok, the TikTok man, the doctor. Doctor Curran. The one who, yeah. Doctor I had him a few weeks ago as he's well. He's good, right? I mean, he's good. He's a good guy. You'd like him. Yeah, yeah. He seems like a great guy. I like his videos. He's good. He's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Really good. He's good fun. He's good chat as well. Yeah, he, chat, he just yeah. throws every, you know, he's, he's doing kind of a similar thing, just kind of answering like common questions and medicine, like weird and wonderful stuff. And, yeah, I know. And giving like a fun answer. He's so smart, bro. Yeah. It's scary. It's yeah. scary. But where can people find you for the ones that don't know what your socials? Instagram, Dr. Sahil Patel. And on TikTok, Dr. Sahil, that's spelt doctor the long way. LinkedIn, Facebook, 
and we're also on Snapchat as a clinic. Oh, um, Snap. They, your clinic is in? Uh, it's in, it's in uh, London's Harley Street Medical District. It's uh, a concentration of dental practices in London. If you haven't heard of it, you may have been yeah, there. Have, yeah, yeah. Uh, lots of doctors and dentists in, in one small area. And But you're the best one. Well, <laughs> I'd say there are lots of good ones. And ours is called Marlebone Smile Clinic. And yeah, we're focused on cosmetic and aesthetic treatments. Um, and smiling. Reconstruction, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yes. You walk in. With a frown, you walk out. You've not been. You've not, you've not come to the new clinic, have you? No, no, you haven't. You need to come along. I've come to white my teeth. Well, the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, James is 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 uh, is planning to come back. So maybe when he, when he when he's back, yeah. in the he's town. always nagging me. He's like, bro, go see, go go sort, <laughs> get something to your teeth. I'm, I'm happy with my teeth, bro. I'm like, I'm happy with my teeth. I think because of the 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 Bali dentist you saw that experience you had. He had that experience when he came to see me. I think. Oh, maybe yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. and as a result, he just he, he was so much more aware. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's way. So he's on your case now. He's on my case. He's on my case. He's on my case. But you've got good teeth. You know, it's uh, you 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 haven't had that, you know, bad genetics or dental trauma as a child. It's really common. Someone gets their teeth knocked when they're playing hockey or football. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. And then it's just a lifetime of dentistry. I mean, it happens a lot, and you know, I don't mean to put a a downer on it because it could happen to any of us, but it is a lot of dentistry to sign up for just from when you get just from one little it's your front tooth and it needs to be good. And as time goes on you know, our requirements get higher as we go through life. So we see that a lot from patients who are in their mid to late twenties. They've had their you know, childhood correction done by their local dentist. Oh shit. And then okay. it just needs to be upgraded for something that's gonna be kind of invisible and you know, doesn't draw attention anymore. So guys, after you listen to this episode, buy yourself a gum shield. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Guys, thank you very much for listening. Please share and subscribe. Peace and love. Take it easy. Thanks Boom. very much, Duran. Anytime, brother. Anytime.